Welcome back in Brady Farkas show right here on this Wednesday on WDEV AM and FM and WDEV radio.com. Joining us now, Red Sox insider over at Nesson, Tom Karen, TC. How are you? I'm doing well, Brady. How you doing? Excellent. I promised you this question last week. So here we go. Sox are nine out of the wild card. They're effectively done. Patriots have question about questions abound. Which franchise is in a uh, more worrisome state to you right now? Oh, that is a great question. Uh, I my knee jerk reaction would be the the Patriots, just because I I feel that the opportunity to fix the Red Sox is at hand, right? I mean, we know so much money is coming out of the books now. Again, you got to believe that Heim Bloom and the organization are going to you know do the make the right decisions to fix this thing. Uh, but but it's all there in front of them. Whereas uh, the the Patriots, you know, you you're you're past the Brady transition. Mac Jones is your guy. You, you've got to mess with the coaching staff. Uh, I you know, <laughs> yeah, by 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 the slimmest <laughs> of margins, I would say it's going to be a little tougher for the Patriots. What are your early impressions of Tristan Casas? Homer's yesterday, big guy. I, th- I saw him described as hitterish. I think that's a pretty good kind of adjective for him early on. What are your early impressions of Casas? Yeah, talking to Jim Rice, he absolutely loves his swing. Uh, it's not uppercut. He doesn't roll over his wrists. It's a nice level swing, the, path, the swing path through the zone. You saw it on the home run last night. He absolutely demolished that thing, a high inside pitch. He got around on it. Uh, interesting guy. You know, he shows up at Fenway for his first game Sunday. First thing you know, he's laying in right field with no shirt on and, uh, you know, just soaking up some sun and then barefoot in the uh, in the cage, visualizing his uh, – and I talked to people in Worcester, and that's what he does every game. And, and good for him, not trying to change his routine – uh, just because he's at the major league level. I think, you know, everything about him exudes the confidence of a young superstar. And and we haven't had that in a while. Devers brought that in with him uh, from day one, you know, just in a very different way. The the younger, you know, the the, the constant uh, smile and the, the bouncing energy that Devers brought with him. But But when he came here, Devers was arriving here looking like he was here not just to be a part of it but to make an impact and I get that same vibe from Devers and he's been really good defensively which is something they've lacked most of the year at first base you know let's play the futures game because that's really all we have right now for the Red Sox let's assume Costas runs with the starting first baseman's job next year that makes at least one of Bobby Dahlbeck and Eric Hosmer expendable um do you think there would be a trade market for either of them this offseason I think there would always be a trade market for 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 Hosmer uh, because he's making the league minimum now. He's right. He's a he's a, a, a thirteen million dollar guy making seven hundred thousand dollars. If you trade him, that's that's all anybody's going to have to take on. So I think they knew that when they when they got him, the idea that they'd be able to trade for him, uh, trade him away anytime. But I I think it's it's Dahlbeck who gets moved on because I think. You know, what you'd like to see, and, and maybe Casas changes this over the course of this month by showing you he's all set and ready to go. But I would have thought they really liked the idea of having Hosmer here to mentor him, a guy who's so good defensively, a guy who's got a great uh, presence inside the clubhouse. Uh, I, I assume next year it would make a lot of sense uh, to have Hosmer here uh, uh, mentoring him. 
Uh, but I, but you know, again, if 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 you're going to have him ready to go every day from the start, then maybe you don't need that. But I, I don't see Dahlbeck having a future here now. Unfortunately, I think he's a good player. I think he's going to be a major leaguer. I, you know, I think he's a better player than Michael Chavis. But I see a lot of yeah. similarities in in the situation he's in here that he probably gets moved to another team. Sadly, he they won't get a ton for him. You know that that came and went uh, after last season. But I just don't think there's going to be a place for him here, so it makes sense to move him. How do you think Hyam Bloom views the designated hitter position? Because does he view it as you need an anchor there, like a David Ortiz and a J.D. Martinez, or does he view it as this rotating uh, you know, cast of characters where you can get guys rest? Because if he views it as an anchor position, maybe Casas can D- or Casas can DH and Hosmer can play first. I don't know if that's something that uh, maybe they've they've thought about, but how do you think he views the designated hitter position? That's a good question. And I don't know the answer to that. And I don't think he'll tell you that because when you ask him something like that, he'll inevitably say, well, it depends on the makeup of the roster. <laughs> uh, you know, they've, it's funny because you've really had uh, uh, David Ortiz and J.D. Martinez now, right? Uh, for, for 20 years, you've essentially had uh, a full-time DH. Uh, and a lot of teams don't. You know, a lot of teams rotate them through. And I was thinking about this yesterday. I was after the Kike Hernandez deal, I was thinking a little more about the roster construction of next season. I'm a big proponent. I've been saying it all along of bringing back Xander Bogart. Right? I think a lot of people are, and, and you know, I think he's making more and more of a case for that. Uh, if you brought him back, you you could theoretically have this kind of middle of the infield trio of of Xander Bogart's Trevor Story and Christian Arroyo, and you could essentially have one of those guys be your DH every night with the other two playing in in the field. And, you know, you could get Bogarts a little more time off his feet. Uh, You get Story a little more time off his feet, and you could protect Arroyo, who's been injury prone, by keeping him out of the field. So I I don't know that you need to go get the next J.D. Martinez, Kyle Schwarber, full-time DH. I think that uh, money could be allocated elsewhere. And, And, you know, Maybe that's where uh, a Dahlbeck is in the. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, a Casas is in the lineup one night if you still have Hosmer here. I I think it almost gives you a little bit of roster freedom to be able to rotate guys through that position rather than have one guy tying it up for 140 games. You know, I want to talk about the Kike Hernandez extension, a one-year, $10 million deal. I like Kike. Good, you know, has some power, has some good uh, leadership qualities, kind of that missing middle that you were talking about last week, a good defender. But this team really lacked power this year. And I don't know that having two of your three outfielders be Kike Hernandez and Alex Verdugo solves that. So my question is, is there a chance that Kike is just the fourth outfielder or super utility player? Or if Bogarts leaves, do you give Kike a run at second base and let him play there while addressing the outfield in other ways? So no and yes. Uh, I don't think there's any chance he's a fourth outfielder for two reasons. A, they're paying him to be a starter. $10 million is uh, is too much for a, a reserve uh, outfielder. And secondly, I mean, we know what Alex Cora thinks of him. He thinks he's a, a leader on this team, a glue guy on this team, loves the energy, loves the production you get more often than not. We saw what he did in October last year, and now that he's healthy, we've seen him, I think it's 13 RBI in 17 games since coming back from the injured list this time around. So I, I think he plans on playing him every day. But the other part of that is the real question, right? If Bogarts isn't back, then yes, I do think he can get back to being part of the infield 
uh, opening things up. Although I'm not sure you're going to get a center fielder who hits 40 home runs. There aren't a whole lot of those. The bigger question is, who's going to be the other outfielder? I think it's Kike Hernandez in center. And what I do like about the signing is it takes all the pressure and all the worry about Jared Duran out of the mix. He can still be brought along slowly, maybe moved elsewhere if you don't think uh, he's an outfielder and that he can fit in here. Uh, but I, I, if you're going to have Verdugo in one corner and, and Kike in the middle, you got to go find yourself another corner. I like Tommy Pham, but, but he doesn't have that kind of power. I'd like to see the other outfielder be a power guy, like a Hunter Renfro type. Uh, but but somebody who could, you know, you're right. Somebody can hit north of 25 home runs because this team has lacked power. They need to get that power back. I think Trevor Story will bring a lot of that power back, obviously. I think Casas will add to that power. But listen, we'll have weeks to talk about this, okay? But but how you, you know, to me, here's my my strategy for, for, for the future, right, for next year. It's Bogart's endeavors on the left side. It's Story and Casas on the right side with Hosmer there at the beginning. Uh, I think you need to address the catching situation. I'd like to see more of Connor Wong before I make that decision. Uh, I think Reese McGuire's shown, but he's been a career backup. So you probably need to add to the catching mix, and you need an outfielder who can hit you 25 home runs. That's a corner outfielder. Then you really get into spending your, your freed money on, on uh, another starting pitcher. I bring Waka back plus another starting pitcher. And then I need relievers. I, I need re- all kinds of relievers. I need a complete overhaul of the bullpen next year. That'll be the biggest problem. At the end of the day, when you look at this, the biggest problem on this team is the complete lack of, uh, of stability and, and trustworthiness in that bullpen. Uh, we've seen it again the last two days. Uh, I think they've got six of the 11 losses against the Rays have come from the bullpen blowing games. Uh, the bullpen's a mess, and and there's very you know there's there's a couple of arms you can trust out there, but when you know when you're when you're trotting out Jury's Familia in the first game, who was having the worst season of his career and was let go by another team, uh, you know when when uh, when last night it's um, it's uh, Bazardo, uh, who who you put uh, you designated for assignment in April, and no other twenty nine teams picked them up. These are reclamation projects. These aren't guys you should bring in in a one-run game at Tropicana Field, and that's what Alex Cora is left with. I'm telling you now, this is. Pro- I'm probably going to say this 15 more times, you know, over the next three months until spring training again, four months. Mitch Haniger, Michael Conforto, those are the two outfielders I'd want. Mitch Haniger, the more proven player, although with some health issues. Michael Conforto, kind of the buy low reclamation project, you know, coming off injury, high and bloom special, one year pillow contract deal that that that's who i'd want and it pains me to say that because i want hanniger to stay with the mariners but hanniger and conforto would be the two guys i'd go for i knew there'd be a mariners connection in there somewhere so that's not a huge surprise yeah. uh i yeah i the, and those are the types right and then you know i love what rob ref snyder's done for you and i think he's a great fourth outfielder uh and he's uh he's uh, accessible but you're right you know now with the Kike Hernandez deal, because I was really – the concern before was, boy, are you really ready to make Jaron Duran your everyday center fielder? Answer is no. <laughs> we saw the answer is no. Uh, and, again, maybe he's a guy who winds up somewhere else as an infielder trying to, to get his career going again. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe you're ultimately bringing him in here as a corner outfielder where he can learn the reads off the bat a little better because center field he's clearly had trouble with. Uh, but that's that's the call for next year. You get a guy like that, one of those two guys, 
Uh, and, and I'll do a deeper dive on the free agent class coming up, who else is available. But you need somebody – you need to add one outfielder who's going to give you pop uh, because you can't have three outfielders who are combining for 40 home runs. you got to have one guy who's going to hit you north 25. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, maybe, maybe there's a free agent uh, who is going to break the Yankees' record for most home runs in a season that you could go after. I'm not <laughs> sure if there's anybody like that. Available. And we know they're not going to go after Aaron Judge, okay? I can't imagine they're going to tie up 300-plus uh, to bring him in. But somebody is. And, uh, you know, that's, that's the great discussion about the Red Sox right now, right? 20 years ago, they would always be in on anybody of that stature. Uh, these are different times. We know that, uh, but where's the where's the pop going to come from? Because man, the, the the one of the the biggest problems been the bullpen. The biggest surprise to me of the 2023 Red Sox is the lack of power, lack of home run power. That's been uh, a shock from day one, and it never went away. Get you out of here on this way into the future. We know Trevor Story is going to play in the World Baseball Classic for Team USA. We know Kike is going to play for Team Puerto Rico. Uh, anybody else that's a real candidate for the Red Sox to be kind of out of spring training next year? Devers maybe for the Dominican Republic, but anybody else we're hearing or thinking might not be around for the full spring next year? Nobody I've heard, but I got to think Devers is going to play. Uh, I, Bogarts, I assume he has played um, for whatever that that it's the the, the, Netherlands, the Netherlands team essentially, yeah. Uh, and, and so whether or not he's here is the bigger question about him. Uh, but those are, I, I would think those are probably the main two. I, I could see Waka pitching for them after the year he had this year, uh, for the U S if, if, if asked, um, uh, I'm trying to think of this it's a good question because I haven't really thought about it at all, but I would think, um, I, I, maybe Kike for Puerto Rico, maybe. He told Rob Bradford yesterday he was going to do that. I don't know if he's got to be asked or if he's just volunteered himself, but he played in 2017. He said he was in again for this spring. Okay, so there you go. I I didn't see that. Uh, And and he's a really, you know, he's a a beloved uh, figure in Puerto Rico. His dad was a scout for a long time, really important guy in baseball uh, down there. So it'd make a lot of sense that he would. So, yeah, I would think that. By the way, just playing off that real quick, I don't know if you saw this note. I thought this was cool. Two nights ago, uh, the the uh, uh, Tampa Bay Rays tied the record that they had set a couple of months ago. They had uh, in their in their starting lineup nine players. They had eight different countries represented, mm. and and I thought that was great. You know, you want to talk about diversity and and a global game. Uh, I don't think base. You know, we talk about that in hockey all the time. I don't think baseball gets enough credit. We think about you know. Latin America has been well represented. We know that uh, it's primarily United States, and and now Asia has a bigger. But it were eight different countries. I mean, that's pretty remarkable for one team in one lineup. I'll have to go through and try to guess which ones they were. I'll have to go back and look at the other day's lineup. So that'll be my fun trivia game for later today. So. I'll give you. I'll give you a hint. There were two guys from the Dominican, uh, and and seven other countries uh, were represented. And my question is, how many different pitchcom uh, languages do they yeah. have? Right, that's the question. <laughs> So, Tom Karen, TC, we appreciate it. We'll uh, we'll talk next week. Thanks, Brady.